You're listening to House of Cards on the House of Cards Radio Network. Check us out at HouseOfCardsRadio.com. You know what cheers me up? What? Rolled up aces over king. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. The House of Cards. Today, the game is different. With author and professional poker player Ashley Adams. Okay, you have some skill. Hello, listeners. Welcome to House of Cards. This is Ashley Adams, your host for the hour. We have two very interesting guests. There's a new casino in western New York, the all-new Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. We're going to be talking to the general manager, Jennifer Caruso, and uh, I think you'll enjoy hearing about this new casino in western New York. And then he's a professor at the Center for Policy Analysis. He's a gambling expert. His name is... Clyde Barrow. He's been on before. He's going to talk to us about the situation in Massachusetts with regards to uh, getting gaming in Massachusetts, building the casinos, where they're going to do it, how they're going to do it, and all the controversy that's involved. Stay tuned. Great moments in history. In 481 BC, the defeat of the Spartans at the Battle of Thermopylae. As long as Xerxes doesn't find the secret path to the hot gates, boy, is it, boy? Xerxes has found the secret goat path to the hot gates. Ah, shit! In June 2008, House of Cards began podcasting. Go to HouseOfCardsRadio.com and click on the podcast button for all recent show downloads. Fellas, are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com, and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all. Oh, no. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration. Plus, a free extra gift so sensual, we can't mention it on the radio. And to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, we're not teasing. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type BABE16 for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you'll get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Just use offer code BABE16 at adamandeve.com. Are you or a loved one currently suffering from arthritis, COPD, or other chronic conditions and can't get relief from current treatments? If so, there may be another option. Local physicians are conducting research studies in your area today, and you may be eligible to receive up to $1,300 in compensation for participation. These studies are confidential and are taking place for a limited time. Call 855-912-PAIN, 855-912-PAIN today to see if you qualify. Health insurance is not required. Call 855-912-7246. Don't just listen to House of Cards. Now you can be part of the show with the House of Cards hotline. Call us at 609-474-HOCR and leave a message for Ashley and the rest of the House of Cards crew. 
Comments about the show? Poker questions? You just want us to know about great places to play or you just got bluffed out of a pot? Your messages may even be played on the air. Give us a call at 609-474-HOCR. That's 609-474-4627. The House of Cards Hotline, available 24 hours a day. Call the hotline or send us an email at info at houseofcardsradio.com and don't forget to visit our website at houseofcardsradio.com and follow the show on Twitter and Facebook. By leaving a message with House of Cards, you can send to having your message played on the air. You're listening to House of Cards on the House of Cards Radio Network. Check us out at HouseOfCardsRadio.com. Some houses are born bad. You're listening to the House of Cards. I never dreamed that any mere physical experience could be so stimulating. Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. We are joined by Jennifer Caruso, who is the general manager of the all-new Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino, which, as you might expect, is in what I think is one of the most underrated, wonderful cities in New York State. In fact, on the east eastern states, which is Buffalo, New York. Jennifer, are you there? Yes, I am. Hello. Hi. Well, welcome to House of Cards. Uh, you know, I have a special fondness in my heart for Buffalo. I've loved my time there. I find it a, a city that you can really embrace without spending all that much time there. You can learn where everything is. It's got sports. It's got restaurants. It's got a uh, what I think of like an ocean front. It's a lakefront. It's not far from other cities. Tell us about your casino and tell us about Buffalo so our listeners uh, feel like they want to go there. Well, Buffalo, New York, as you said, very underrated city here. We we do have that great waterfront. We're only about an hour and a half away from a major city, Toronto, in Canada. And we certainly have our, our fair share of the winter, but we also have beautiful summers and great falls and beautiful springs as well. <laughs> great. I, I love it. In fact, I don't think people know this, but Buffalo is the, if I remember correctly, the second largest city in New York State. Is that still the case? I think that is still the case, yes, yes. It is it's quite expansive. The downtown area is going through a re- revitalization, and uh, Buffalo Creek Casino, we're only one small part of that. Right, and you're not that far from Niagara Falls, which is still one of the greatest natural wonders of the world. Exactly. Niagara Falls, our, our sister property, Seneca Niagara Casino and Hotel, they are about 20 minutes up the road from us, and they do have the beautiful hotel, they do have the beautiful poker room, along with all of the table games and slots. But we're here to talk about my property. Yes, Buffalo tell us Creek. about the all-new Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Yes. We had a small parcel of land right in downtown Buffalo, right on the, the waterfront, close to the waterfront, um, about nine acres. And we had a temporary facility there for the past few years. And about a year ago, we broke ground for the brand-new building, our Brand-new building houses about 808 slot machines and 18 table games, along with two restaurants. One is our BC Cafe, which is our 24-hour cafe. We serve sandwiches. We serve a little bit of deli 
We do uh, Sweet Melodies Gelato, which is very local to Buffalo, New York. And we feature some of the local bakeries. Kushiki Bakery is our, our main cool. provider there. Do you have a fine dining our, establishment? Pardon? Do you have a fine dining establishment? Uh, no, but we do have a grill restaurant as well. And that's where you're going to find some of Buffalo's favorite foods. We feature Duff Chicken Wings, Charlie the Butcher Beef on Wick, and then Ilio de Palo, the sauces and some of their sandwiches at, at the grill. And anybody who's been to Buffalo knows that we are chicken wing, and we, we just had to go out there and get some of the best that we had. So we partnered with, with Duff, and it's been wonderful partnership so far. Terrific. Tell us about the table games that you have. We've got 18 table games right now at Buffalo Creek. We do have your standards, your blackjack, craps, roulette. But we also have Spanish 21, Let It Ride, Three Cud Poker, Texas Hold'em Bonus, and Mississippi Stud. Oh, okay. So that's a, some of those games are relatively new. Uh, do players earn any kind of player reward points for their play? Do you comp people at all? Uh, how does that work? Oh, of course we do. Of course. <laughs> players earn our, our Players Club points for our slot machines, also for our table games. Right now, we can, they can use them at any of our restaurants, and they can also use them at our two sister properties, Seneca Niagara and at Seneca Allegheny. And those are the two properties that you can use them for hotel rooms, for more of the fine dining, for more of your resort destination kind of stay. Now, I know Seneca Niagara has an enormous hotel and convention center. Do you have a relationship with any immediately located uh, hotels where people can get discounted rooms or use their points or... Is there any relationship you have with any nearby hotels? Right now we're working on a couple partnerships, and all of those agreements are with our legal department, so I can't say anything quite yet. But we do have some great partnerships with with some of those local hotels that we can offer discounted rooms, we can offer comp rooms, and that will be coming in the very near future. Oh, okay, that's good. Tell us um, what your hours are. If people were to come up there, are you open 24-7? Yes, we are, 24-7, seven days a week, 365 days a year. <laughs> Fantastic. And uh, if I wanted to um, come up there, how far is Buffalo from New York City? Do you know? From New York City, we're about a six-and-a-half-hour ride. So a little further away, but <laughs> it's Six-and-a-half-hour ride, but you're, the nearest airport would be Buffalo, which is like 20 minutes away? Yes, yes. Terrific. What is the history of the Seneca tribe? I mean, are you uh, do you have long-standing roots in New York State, or have you been a tribe that just kind of came in the last 150 years? Oh, no. I, I'm actually a tribal member, and our tribe has been in the western New York area pretty much forever. Um, we've had one of the first formal established forms of government, and quite actually – the United States government is somewhat modeled after what we have in our tribe. We don't have chiefs in our tribe. We have a council, and then we have a president and now treasurer and a secretary. I see. For the more intellectual and culturally minded among our poker-playing listening audience, uh, do you have a museum? Do you have a place where people could actually uh, get some insight into the Seneca tribe if they were to come up? We do. We do have a museum, and that's located actually in the same town, San Lamega, New York, as our Seneca Allegheny Casino. That museum is open seven days a week. I want to say that the hours are about like a nine-to-five kind of hours, but you could always go on our, our nation's website, which is SNI, 
org. Terrific. Now, you're the general manager. How large is the Seneca Tribe? Seneca Tribe is about 7,500 tribal members right now and constantly growing. <laughs> and do you employ them chiefly, or is that something like in, at the Mohegan Tribe and the Foxwoods, uh, where I play, you see very, very few tribal members actually in the casino. Do you employ members of your tribe or not? Most definitely. We definitely encourage our tribal members to apply, and there's always room for them. Um, right now, I want to say there, we're about less than 20% of the population of our, our employees. Terrific. Well, we've been talking to Jennifer Caruso, who's the general manager of the all-new Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino in Buffalo, New York. Anything else you'd like to add? No, I mean, we, we've got a beautiful brand-new place. We've infused a lot of the local culture into it. We've infused some of the great Buffalo's best foods, developing with some great partnerships. And we definitely would love any, any of your viewers or any of your listeners to come check us out. Come check out our sister properties and have a great time while you're here. Terrific. Give, give our listeners your website uh, one last time so they can check it out for themselves before they go. All right. Our website is www.SenecaCasinos.com. Great. www.SenecaCasinos.com. Jennifer Caruso, GM, thank you very much for sharing uh, your new casino with us on the air. Thank you, Ashley. It's been great to talk to you. Take care. Listeners, we'll be right back after a quick break. Are you or a loved one currently suffering from arthritis, COPD, or other chronic conditions and can't get relief from current treatments? If so, there may be another option. Local physicians are conducting research studies in your area today, and you may be eligible to receive up to $1,300 in compensation for participation. That's right. You may be eligible to receive up to $1,300 in compensation and study-related care from a local doctor at no cost. Health insurance not required. If you or a loved one have been diagnosed with arthritis, COPD, or other chronic conditions and are interested in learning more about these studies, please call toll-free 855-912-PAIN, 855-912-PAIN. These studies are confidential and are taking place for a limited time. We are looking to connect you to no-cost clinical research studies that are testing new treatments for a variety of conditions. Call 855-912-PAIN, 855-912-PAIN today to see if you qualify. Remember, health insurance is not required. Don't miss this opportunity. Call 855-912-7246. Great Moments in History In July 1937, Amelia Earhart was informed by her navigator, Fred Noonan, that they were off course over the Pacific Ocean. You're lost! You just sit here telling me that I'm not in heaven. Can I hold the f***ing no. no. Can I hold the f***ing No. That is so not cool. In June 2008, House of Cards began podcasting. Go to houseofcardsradio.com and click on the podcast button for all recent show downloads. Are you still shopping the old-fashioned way? Well, then buzz on over to bzid.com. 
Bizid is your number one online auction source for brand name new items from companies like Apple, Sony, Canon, Dyson, Samsung, and more at discounts of 75, 85, and 99% off retail. Go to Bizid.com and use the offer code USA and get three bids for the price of one. That's offer code USA to get three bids for the price of one. Go to Bizid.com. B-E-E-Z-I-D.com. Bizid.com. The key to winning poker is knowledge. And winning No Limit Hold'em, the new book by World Series of Poker veteran Ashley Adams, can give you that knowledge. Cash games, small tournaments. Whether you're a seasoned player, a novice, or just find yourself losing more often than you win, winning No Limit Hold'em can show every type of player how to consistently win at the game of No Limit Hold'em. You know it's been said that winning isn't everything, but it sure feels a whole lot better than losing. Get winning No Limit Hold'em, the new book by Ashley Adams, and start winning today. Now available at Amazon.com and wherever great books are sold. You're listening to the House of Cards. Poker. 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 I shall give it to you in a word. Poker. Hello, listeners. Welcome back. This is House of Cards. I'm Ashley Adams. We have a returning guest who's going to talk to us about the situation of casinos in the future for Massachusetts. His name is Professor Clyde Barrow. He's a Ph.D. He is at the Center for Policy Analysis at the University of Massachusetts in Dartmouth, formerly known familiarly as uh, SMU for Southeastern Massachusetts University, I think, but now it's called UMass Dartmouth. Uh, Clyde, are you there? I'm here. Great. Um, so tell us a little bit about what's going on in Massachusetts. We have a lot of listeners in Massachusetts, and they're eager to know when are they going to build casinos? Well, that's the question that everybody is asking, but I guarantee you they will get built. Uh, they've moved slowly and deliberately because it's a rather complex law. But right now what it looks like is they will license a slot parlor, which is simply slot machines only, sometime before the end of this year. Uh, hopefully that will open by the summer of next year to 2014. And looks like they will be issuing the first license or two for resort casinos sometime uh, in the spring, probably around April or May of next year. How long it takes them to open depends on how fast they can build or where they award the licenses, but certainly there should be at least one casino open uh, by 2015. So people ask me often, well, does, are they guaranteed to have poker? And my answer has always been, Poker is in the plans, but they're not guaranteed. They may be able to have it, but there's no way to be sure. Do you know anything more about it than that? Uh, well, you're absolutely correct. There's no guarantee that there will be poker, but everyone who has announced plans up to this point and who is a, a competitor for a license uh, is proposing to offer poker. And certainly one of the, the major players, uh, which is Suffolk Downs and, and Caesars Entertainment, uh, is, is proposing to sponsor a, a world uh World Tournament of Poker. Some of the people in the press uh, have talked about who has the inside track, and some people said, oh, it's Caesars and Suffolk because that's what Menino wants, and other people says, no, you can't beat Win." Does anybody really have any idea who the favorites and who the long shots are as far as who's going to get these casinos? I think early on uh, people were handicapping some of the early players thinking they had an inside track, but at this point I just don't think that's true. Uh, you know, there are three – what we've done in Massachusetts is divide the state up into three regions. Each one of the regions will get a casino. 
Uh, right now, Region A, which is the Boston area, has three formidable competitors. You have uh, the Suffolk Downs Caesars Entertainment Partnership. You have Wynn Resorts proposing a casino in Everett. You have Foxwoods Casino proposing uh, another facility in Milford. Those, those are basically the clash of the titans uh, around the Boston area. And then out uh, in western Massachusetts, you have Mohegan Sun and MGM, uh, two more uh, significant players in the game. I don't think anyone has an inside track. Everybody is proposing a $1 billion-plus facility, so whoever wins, these will be major casinos. Well, you left out one of the regions that I find the most perplexing, and I'm hoping you can add some insight into what's going on, and that's Southeast Mass. There, I know that in the... In the legislation, there was a an agreement made that the Native American tribe would have a year to put something together, and then there was some kind of blowback saying, well, their year should have started a while ago, and now it's basically up, and don't hold that as an exclusive uh, Indian casino anymore. What is that going on there? Can you give us some in-depth analysis of that whole situation? Sure. We could probably do a whole show just on southeastern Massachusetts. Well, that's all right. Take your that time. the third region. <laughs> Uh, essentially, as you pointed out, the legislation uh, gave the, the Mashpee Wampanoag tribe basically first dibs on a casino. They, they were given a privileged position. Uh, the governor negotiated a compact with them. Uh, however, uh, as time has gone on, uh, the Gaming Commission has the authority to open that region up to commercial bidders. Uh, which they have now done. Those, those applications, what are called Phase 1 applications, which are suitability and background checks, will be due on December 31st of this year. So they are moving forward on the commercial uh, licenses in the southeast. However, the difficulty is uh, even though there are some people proposing sites, uh, no casino operators have actually come forward in Regency other than the Indian tribe, which is backed by uh, Genting Berhad, which knows one of the largest casino companies in the world. Uh, what it looks like right now is that people are still a little skeptical because they're concerned that the, the rug might be pulled out from under them by the Indian tribe. But really this all depends on the tribe getting land into trust. Uh, they have repeatedly said that, that it's imminent. Uh, we're now four years later actually longer than that, uh, if we go back to 2007, 2009. Um, so it, it is. It's complex. It's perplexing. But I think that the simplest answer to your question is that the Gaming Commission has opened Regency to commercial bidders. They are moving forward, and I think they're going to move forward with that to completion. And if the Indian tribe at some point in the future gets land into trust and is able to open a casino, Massachusetts could end up with four casinos instead of three. But right now, just so we're clear, the compact that said, all right, Wampanoags, you get the exclusive right first, that's pretty much gone away. Uh, Well, there's really two issues. One is the compact. Uh, That compact was originally rejected by the Bureau of Indian Affairs because they felt it was too generous to the state of Massachusetts. They went back and renegotiated the compact. It went back to the legislature. Uh, a committee of the legislature has voted on it and passed it. It's now before the full House of Representatives. It'll eventually come out of the state legislature. I think it will pass. It will then go back to the Bureau of Indian Affairs, who may or may not approve it. Uh, and, w- and that's the process is going to take at least another four months uh, just to settle the compact issue if the BIA approves it. But that's a separate issue from land into trust. 
in order to open a tribal casino under the Indian Gaming Regulatory Act, the tribe will have to take land into trust. That's already been a multi-year process. Uh, sometimes it can be a 10-year process, and that's when everything goes right. Uh, so, Explain what taking land into trust means, because I understand that yeah. it's if the Wampanoags don't have land that's really usable for the purpose of building a casino because of where it is, then they're stuck except if they can get this whole idea of land into trust. Tell us what that is. Yeah, uh, Essentially, what that means is that, first of all, the the federal government takes land into trust, and what that means is the, the federal government is essentially the owner of that land on behalf of the tribe. Uh, what they have to do to get land into trust is, is a very complicated process, but essentially the main criteria are the tribe must prove that it has historical ties to that land, that they lived there, they hunted there, uh, they fished there, they had ceremonies there. And the second criteria is that they must have contemporary ties to that land. In other words, that they, have, that they still have ceremonial grounds or they have tribal members who live in that area. There's been a lot of dispute and discussion as to whether, in fact, the land they are trying to take into trust in Taunton, Massachusetts, was historically actually tied to other tribes that lived in Massachusetts at that time. There'll be a lot of controversy. There'll be a lot of discussion among historians. Uh, and then there's a, another complication, and that is, of course, the so-called Carcheri decision, which the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that the uh, Bureau of Indian Affairs does not have the authority to take land into trust for any tribe that was under federal jurisdiction, or I should say that was not under federal jurisdiction, after night before 19 uh, let me put that correct <laughs> if a tribe was not under federal jurisdiction in 1934 the government does not have the authority to take land into trust so there's a dispute as to whether the mashpee wampanoags were under federal jurisdiction as opposed to state jurisdiction in 1934 and before a lot of legal issues a lot of historical and archaeological issues to be sorted out and that's exactly why the gaming commission has decided to go forward with commercial licenses in southeastern Massachusetts. Okay, so stay tuned. We'll be back after a quick break. Hey, Jersey, we want to hear from you. Send us an email at info at houseofcardsradio.com or leave a message at our hotline at 609-474-4627. Are you or a loved one currently suffering from arthritis, COPD, or other chronic conditions and can't get relief from current treatments? If so, there may be another option. Local physicians are conducting research studies in your area today, and you may be eligible to receive up to $1,300 in compensation for participation. That's right. You may be eligible to receive up to $1,300 in compensation and study-related care from a local doctor at no cost. Health insurance not required. If you or a loved one have been diagnosed with arthritis, COPD, or other chronic conditions and are interested
interested in learning more about these studies, please call toll-free 855-912-PAIN, 855-912-PAIN. These studies are confidential and are taking place for a limited time. We are looking to connect you to no-cost clinical research studies that are testing new treatments for a variety of conditions. Call 855-912-PAIN, 855-912-PAIN today to see if you qualify. Remember, health insurance is not required. Don't miss this opportunity. Call 855-912-7246. Hey, how you doing? This is Joe Walsh. I'm speaking on behalf of Rad. It's okay to rock and roll, right? But don't drive home drunk. If you're drunk, call me up. I have a limo. I'll come and get you. Public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, MAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Don't just listen to House of Cards. Now you can be part of the show with the House of Cards hotline. Call us at 609-474-HOCR and leave a message for Ashley and the rest of the House of Cards crew. Comments about the show? Poker questions? You just want us to know about great places to play, or you just got bluffed out of a pot. Your messages may even be played on the air. Give us a call at 609-474-HOCR. That's 609-474-4627. The House of Cards Hotline, available 24 hours a day. Call the hotline or send us an email at info at houseofcardsradio.com. And don't forget to visit our website at houseofcardsradio.com and follow the show on Twitter and Facebook. By leaving a message with House of Cards, you consent to having your message played on the air. Fellas, are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to AdamandEve.com, and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all. Oh, no. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration, plus a free extra gift so sensual, we can't mention it on the radio. And to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, we're not teasing. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type BABE16 for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you'll get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Just use offer code BABE16 at adamandeve.com. Hey, this is Dave Shuttle from House of Cards with your House of Cards gaming report for the week of October 7th, 2013. While a federal investigation continues, it appears that Iowa officials will not be bringing charges against the number two officer at the military command in charge of U.S. nuclear war fighting forces. Last week, the Associated Press reported that Navy Vice Admiral Tim Giardina has been suspended from duty while under investigation by the Naval Criminal Investigation Services for allegedly using $1,500 in counterfeit chips while gambling at the Horseshoe Casino in Council Bluffs, Iowa. Officially, Giardina remains the deputy commander at the U.S. Strategic Command. Online gambling giant PokerStars is planning some big things in Atlantic City. 
The company announced that it plans to build a $10 million poker room as part of its internet partnership with Resorts Casino Hotel. PokerStars announced that construction on the room would begin immediately after it is awarded a New Jersey license for internet gambling. And finally, two U.S. resorts have been awarded the 2013 TripAdvisor Certificate of Excellence, ranking them in the top 10% worldwide for traveler feedback. The Talking Stick Resort in Scottsdale, Arizona, and the Agua Caliente Resort in Rancho Mirage, California, both won the prestigious award. The TripAdvisor Award is based on the volume of guest reviews made about a property. Have any news or tips regarding casinos, gaming, or legislation? Send us an email at newsroom at houseofcardsradio.com and follow us on Twitter at HOC Radio. Are you still shopping the old-fashioned way? Well, then buzz on over to bzid.com. Bzid is your number one online auction source for brand-name new items from companies like Apple, Sony, Canon, Dyson, Samsung, and more at discounts of 75 85 and 99% off retail. Go to bzid.com and use the offer code USA and get three bids for the price of one. That's offer code USA to get three bids for the price of one. Go to bzid.com, B-E-E-Z-I-D.com, bzid.com. You're listening to the House of Cards. Poker. 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 I shall give it to you in a word. Poker. Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. And uh, we're talking to Clyde Barrow, Professor Clyde Barrow from the University of Massachusetts, Dartmouth, about casinos in Massachusetts. Some more questions about that. So, if, in fact, other casinos get a license to build in – another casino gets a license to build in southeastern Massachusetts. Let's say it's awarded to, uh, I don't know, Ameristar, and they uh, have a project. They put it together. It doesn't mean that the Wampanoags are cut out of it. It just means that they would have to do it in addition to that. But then if it's not exclusive, then the whole compact is irrelevant because the compact was, as I understand it, was drawn up – to give the Wampanoags exclusive uh, rights to a certain area in exchange for kicking back a certain amount of money to the state. Do I have that right? Uh, you do have it right, uh, but it doesn't make the compact irrelevant. Uh, it means that under the compact, the tribe would no longer be required to share revenue with the state, but they would still have to pay the state for regulatory costs, nice. and they would still be subject to a number of state gaming regulations and state laws. So the compact would still have some binding force and, and some important implications for, for how we regulate gaming in Massachusetts. It just simply means they would not have to pay any revenue to the state. And, of course, that gives them a certain competitive advantage when you have a 25% tax rate on gaming revenues. Sure. Well, we've seen some complications that I think were probably unexpected or at least the possibility of them was underestimated by both or all the parties involved, and that was the idea of local approval. I think yes. people thought initially that, well, you know, with enough money, you can pretty much buy local approval. And then we saw Foxborough say no. Most recently, we just saw West Springfield say no. And now, in the middle of a mayor's race, there's erupted this enormous controversy, and I'm interested in you uh, giving your opinion on this, of should the city of Boston get to vote as a whole about whether to approve the uh, the deal at Suffolk Downs, or should only the neighborhood that is immediately part of the deal, East Boston, get to vote. I guess in the enabling legislation, it called for that section of the city to vote. But now some people are saying we should change the law and allow all of Boston to vote. What are your thoughts? Uh, Yeah. 
Well, as you mentioned, uh, I'd add a third to that list. Tewksbury rejected a slots part recently right. as well. Uh, New England generally, Massachusetts in particular, uh, has a very strong tradition of local autonomy and local home rule. You would never have passed a gaming bill in the state without that kind of local approval process. Uh, that has resulted in, in some proposals going down as a consequence of it. And even before that, there were proposals rejected in places like Lakeville and Freetown in southeastern Massachusetts. So there have been a lot of rejections up to this point. Uh, the issue in Boston uh, really is twofold. Uh, under the legislation, it gives large cities such as Boston the authority to decide whether they will simply put it up to a vote of the general neighborhood where the facility is located or whether you put it to a vote of the entire city. Basic thinking behind that was that the entire city uh, will not be affected in the same way as the neighborhood. So your position on that issue really comes down to, to how wide you think the impact of a casino is going to be. Is it going to produce traffic in Jamaica Plain? Uh, is it going to result uh, in other kinds of problems, you know, six, seven miles away from the casino? You know, those who would argue that that will happen, of course, are going to say it should go up to a vote of the entire city. Uh, I, at the end of the day, I don't think that's going to happen, but we'll have to wait and see. Well, here's my thinking on it. I almost wrote a letter to the Globe, which I've done before, and I think this is the only thing that makes sense to me. It's foolish to say that the city as a whole won't be significantly affected since it's the city as a whole that collects all tax revenue. It's the city as a whole that supplies police, fire, money for roads, uh, money for traffic, all of that stuff, even if you're even if I'm living in Roslindale, which is the furthest away from uh, East Boston as you can get, but still be part of the city, even if my traffic isn't affected, the tax revenue for the city certainly is, as are the costs. But well, yeah. it would also be foolish to say that the immediate neighborhood isn't affected more because they are also paying taxes, they are also getting the revenue, but they are also affected by the spillover of the traffic, et cetera. So I don't understand why there can't be a two step process that in a city the size of Boston, you'd need both the city as a whole to approve it, but then you'd also need East Boston to approve it. Yeah, you actually have a similar process to that in Rhode Island, uh, but that's not the way the legislation was was written in Massachusetts. It's it's an either-or proposition, and you make a good case that the compact between Suffolk Downs and the city is with the city. It's not with East Boston. And they also have a compact with Revere, which complicates things, because remember, given the fact that Suffolk Downs is located in both East Boston and (laughs) Revere, they're going to need the approval of two cities, not one. That's right. So what what it would take would be a change in the legislation, an amendment to the law, or is there a way that Boston could say, we're going to go above and beyond the law and require both the neighborhood and the city to have a vote? No, you would have to change the law, and they're not going to reopen the law at this point. I see. And you think, from your perspective, academically, you think it's unlikely that there's going to be a change in spite of all the chest-thumping that some of the political candidates are making? No, I just don't think there will be any change in the legislation. I mean, the mayor's race... uh, well, actually, the referendum is going to be held at the same time, so it'll be a moot point regardless of who gets elected as mayor. It'll, it'll be a done deal by then. I see. Um, I got some other questions. Do you have a few more minutes? Sure. I'm wondering 
looking broadly at the whole question of legalizing gambling and the proliferation of casinos, how much is too much? There must be a saturation point. I mean, New York has just introduced legislation to legalize uh, casinos outside of Indian reservations. Pennsylvania has new casinos. Delaware, West Virginia, uh, Maryland has just uh, has one, and there's another one coming in. New Jersey's talking about outside of Atlantic City. Um, New Hampshire has introduced legislation about full-scale casino gambling. How much is too much? Yeah, and throw Maine into the mix with two casinos. That's right. About That's more right. As well. Uh, there will be a saturation point, and I think you're already starting to see signs of it. I think we've reached saturation in most of the mid-Atlantic area, uh, basically the Maryland to West Virginia uh, to New Jersey uh, area of the country. Uh, New York will probably get there should they pass the constitutional amendment that would potentially authorize four or five new casinos in that state, including the prospect of one in the future being located in New York City. Uh, Massachusetts comes online with four, with with three casinos and a slot parlor, possibly four if the Indians get land into trust. Maybe New Hampshire comes online with one at Rockingham. I think at that point you have reached saturation. Uh, that doesn't mean, however, that what I call marginal operators who are willing to accept lower returns won't continue to try to build more casinos. Uh, and in fact, a lot of the work I'm doing at this point. Uh, is really about making the determination of when enough is enough or too much is too much. Uh, and I think that within the next three to five years, we're going to be at that point, and that's going to fundamentally shift how we talk about gaming and expanded gaming, particularly in the Northeast. Well, you've been a great guest. You've added some insight that uh, I think is very useful to inform our listeners, and I, I would like to have you come back on after we have casinos in Massachusetts so we can talk about the positive and the negative impact that these casinos have had. I hope you'll be able to join us then. Sure, I'd love to do it. Well, thank you, Professor Barrow. That's Professor Clyde Barrow, Center for Policy Analysis at the University of Massachusetts Dartmouth. Listeners, we're going to take a quick break, then we'll be right back. The key to winning poker is knowledge. And winning No Limit Hold'em, the new book by World Series of Poker veteran Ashley Adams, can give you that knowledge. Cash games, small tournaments, whether you're a seasoned player, a novice, or just find yourself losing more often than you win, winning No Limit Hold'em can show every type of player how to consistently win at the game of No Limit Hold'em. You know it's been said that winning isn't everything, but it sure feels a whole lot better than losing. Get winning No Limit Hold'em, the new book by Ashley Adams, and start winning today. Now available at Amazon.com and wherever great books are sold. Fellas, are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com, and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all. Oh, no. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration. Plus, a free extra gift so sensual, we can't mention it on the radio. And to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, we're not teasing. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type BABE16 for the offer code upon checkout. 
When you do, you'll get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Just use offer code BABE16 at adamandeve.com. Are you still shopping the old-fashioned way? Well, then buzz on over to bzid.com. Bzid is your number one online auction source for brand name new items from companies like Apple, Sony, Canon, Dyson, Samsung, and more. At discounts of 75, 85, and 99% off retail. Go to bzid.com and use the offer code USA and get three bids for the price of one. That's offer code USA to get three bids for the price of one. Go to bzid.com. B-E-E-Z-I-D.com. Bzid.com. Don't just listen to House of Cards. Now you can be part of the show with the House of Cards hotline. Call us at 609-474-HOCR and leave a message for Ashley and the rest of the House of Cards crew. Comments about the show? Poker questions? You just want us to know about great places to play or you just got bluffed out of a pot? Your messages may even be played on the air. Give us a call at 609-474-HOCR. That's 609-474-4627. The House of Cards Hotline, available 24 hours a day. Call the hotline or send us an email at info at houseofcardsradio.com. And don't forget to visit our website at houseofcardsradio.com and follow the show on Twitter and Facebook. By leaving a message with House of Cards, you can send to having your message played on the air. Hey, how you doing? This is Joe Walsh. I'm speaking on behalf of Rad. It's okay to rock and roll, right? But don't drive home drunk. If you're drunk, call me up. I have a limo. I'll come and get you. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, Rad, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. You're listening to House of Cards on the House of Cards Radio Network. Check us out at HouseOfCardsRadio.com. Okay, guys, we're playing Texas Hold'em. There's nothing in the rule book that says you can't play drunk. You're listening to the House of Cards. Welcome back, listeners. This is uh, Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. This is uh, my favorite segment, Mailbag. I'm here with my producer, Dave Weishattel, who has some questions, I understand. Yes, I do. The first one comes from Stephen in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Stephen from Cherry Cherry Hill, Hill, New New Jersey. Jersey. Okay. You must have passed through there. Your daughter is in uh, Philadelphia. That's right. He wants to know, in Atlantic City, where can I find seven-card stud? It seems that many casinos do not offer the game. Oh, well, that's easy. He needs to go to the Taj if he wants all limits, and they play one to five, which is the lowest limit, all the way up to 40-80, or even sometimes I think they may even get an 80-160 game. Or he can go to the Tropicana that has, uh, at least last year, they had a 3-6 game and uh, maybe even another, maybe a 5-10 game. And then at the Borgata, they sometimes have a bigger stakes game. Uh, They'll have a 15-30 Stud 8 game, sometimes Stud and Omaha 8, high-low. And then they'll get a, they used to have a 15-30-45 game, but I don't think they have that anymore. But they have sometimes a 150-300 game 
of stud, well, 100, 200. Let me ask you something. In the summertime months that are coming up, do they start offering more games over the days between May and October? I don't or, think so. No, I think really? it's a pretty much the same lineup. Uh, the poker rooms are busy year-round, um, and the poker that's spread is pretty much the same. If there's any difference, any seasonal variety, uh, I'm not familiar with it. Well, let me ask you something as a poker pro. Are you lick your chops during the summer months with people coming in, tourists coming into all these resort areas, and more people are playing, and it's more easy pickings for you guys? Or um, the Truth be told, I haven't noticed a large change in the demographics uh, seasonally at Foxwoods or in Las Vegas. I mean, if I'm traveling uh, and I'm in some place, I find that weekends you get many more tourists than during the week, but Las Vegas is a... 12-month town. I mean, there are some weeks that are kind of dead, but even then you'll have conventions, you'll have people playing poker. So, no, it's not like in the summertime, if I was a surfer in New Jersey, I'd, oh, I can't <laughs> wait to get my board out. And, oh, it's summertime. No, I mean, there are tourists all the time in, in New Jersey, at Foxwoods, uh, in West Virginia, Oklahoma, California, uh, Las Vegas, always. Well, let me ask you something about Pennsylvania. They're going to have table games really soon. Do you think that's going to bring in more people who haven't played poker, which means more fish that you can uh, well, you know, grab David, their money for? We've been working on this show for three years, and I think you're starting to catch on. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Whenever a new uh, place opens, either a new state or a new city or even just a new casino, it's uh, golden days for the pro because you have a lot of people that come into the casino for the first time just to check it out. And they'll stumble into the poker room. I don't mean literally stumble, but they'll walk into the poker room and oh, this. Well, if they stumble, nice. in, even better. Even better. <laughs> See, <laughs> I'm learning. learning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I find that anytime there's new territory opened up for poker, it's a good time, and it can last anywhere from six months to five years. I mean, Oklahoma, I understand, is still great uh, because it's a relatively new area. The thing is that the bad players haven't yet a figured out how to become good players, or they they haven't yet lost their money. And, uh, and while that's the case, you want to go there and, and uh, take advantage of them. What have you heard about the uh, new uh, casinos in Pennsylvania? I've heard that the river is going to have a poker room, uh, that other places are as well. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for them to announce not just that it will be legal and it will be open, but that they actually have it. I think it's going to spell uh, bad news for the West Virginia poker rooms because I suspect that a lot of the folks that now play in Chester, in Wheeling, and in Nitro, West Virginia, at the tracks are going to are coming from Pennsylvania uh and will play there. So, we'll see. Let me ask you something. Do the new poker rooms in uh Pennsylvania <laughs> mean bad things for Atlantic City? I mean, I, I just came back from New Jersey. Mm. I think all the Atlantic City casinos are really up in arms, really worried about, you know, getting out marketing campaigns to com- compete with now Delaware and now Pennsylvania. Well, Do you think I, that hurts? Well, I don't think it helps, but we had a guest on a couple of couple of weeks ago who I think um, aptly said that there's a significant difference between gambling in Atlantic City, Las Vegas, and the rest of the country. And the difference is that Las Vegas and Atlantic City, unlike other places, unlike Pennsylvania when they open up table games and unlike Delaware when they open up table games, are destination areas. Now, it's true that any particular casino in Pennsylvania may steal some action from Atlantic City, but there are a lot of people who plan their vacations to go to an area that has lots of gambling activity, including all the shows and the the beach or in Las Vegas has tons of casinos. And those people 
won't stay home and play in the local poker room at the local casino in Pennsylvania or Massachusetts or Rhode Island or wherever the heck they may open them up. They're going to go for the experience of playing and being in Las Vegas or in Atlantic City. So I think to that extent, they won't be hurt. I think certainly there are going to be, and there already have been some casualties. Uh, there are people that are just slot players, and they'll play at any slot. If it's in their local barbershop, they'll stay at their local barbershop instead of going to Atlantic <laughs> City. Um, but I, I got to tell you, I, that's the most annoying sound in a casino, those damn slot machines. Oh, God. It's, I don't think they're annoying to the house. No, no. That's, uh, it's that's the, sound the, of the, money. the sound of money. Yeah, it's just, the sound of money. It's like in Maine. Um, where my dad was from, I would go through a town that had a, a paper mill. And horrible. If you've ever smelled a paper mill, <laughs> horrible smell. But people from there would say, you know, we don't mind it. It's the smell of money. And liter- actually, literally, in this part of Maine, they made the paper that was used for currency. So it means that people are working if you have slot machines. And I'm eager to talk to uh, Bobby Haynes, um, to, about who's the head of the AFL-CIO in Massachusetts, about what it's going to mean when they have casino gambling in Massachusetts. So be interesting. Okay. I think we have time for one more question, Doug. Okay. <coughs> AJ from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Speaking of Pennsylvania, he finds himself staying too long at the tables, especially when I'm up. Do you have a standard way of determining when to leave the table, especially when you're winning? Well, that's actually a very good question because um, the technical answer is that you should continue to play regardless of how much you're up, as long as the game is good, meaning as long as you have an advantage over the other players sufficient to beat the rake. And so you, the technical professional answer is do not set a, law, a win limit, like, well, when I'm up a 1000 bucks, I'm leaving, or when I double my initial bankroll, you should not leave then. As a practical matter, though, few of us have the ability to gauge honestly when a game is good. Uh, it's true. You can know that you're winning, but how do you know that you really still have an objective advantage over the rest of the table? <clears throat> so I say to new players, as soon as you start to think, maybe I should leave because I've won a lot or I've been here a long time or I'm just coming back from being down and now I'm up a little and it's been a long time. As soon as that thought enters your head, leave the table. Leave at least for 15 minutes, get something to eat, get a cup of coffee, and think about the game. But it's a signal to you that you should go. Really inexperienced players should set a time limit or a win limit or a loss limit and go just because I find that your play is going to diminish over time anyway. You're not giving up that much if you're an inexperienced player. When you leave, you can always go back. Uh, What I do is I tend to set benchmarks at which time I'm going to reevaluate what I'm doing. So I'll say I'm going to go down for four hours or if I'm up $1,000. And then I'll reevaluate where I am. But I have enough experience to say, well, you know, this really is a good game. So I think I'll stay for another two or three hours and then check it out again. I've noticed a lot of people at the tables set aside chips okay i'm not going to use these <laughs> it's, it's annoying as hell i'm sure it annoys the it's hell just out of funny other... it doesn't annoy me it's just i find it amusing and there are guys it's stupid yeah hey i won this much i'm just going to leave this over right. here this is uh, well that goes to other gambling games where you have you have to play psychological games to try to convince yourself that you can gain an advantage over the house so people will say well i'm going to put in my pocket the amount of money i brought down if i win I'm going to keep that, and I'll just go home even. Or as soon as I win $100, I'm going to put it in my pocket, and then I'll just play with the house's money, and if I lose the house's money, then I'm going home. Those are all just 
psychological systems to try to convince yourself that you have a way of gaining an advantage when you don't. So what I tell people is play for a set length of time, set a win limit if you're inexperienced, and then at least reevaluate the game. So I think that's it. Uh, That ends this segment of the show and this show. Make sure to come back next week. Until then, good night and good luck. Podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.